Hey, we're going to uh, talk today, I think most of you know we're in a conversation uh, that's called Sex Drive. We've just been saying, hey, what does it mean to explore what God has to say about this topic of sex? And we've been saying over and over again, so you hopefully you haven't missed it, that if you and I behave like the rest of the world behaves, if you and I accept what the world says about this topic, you and I are going to end up settling for a cheap substitute, a plastic imitation of what this encounter between a man and a woman could be. And that if you and I are willing to listen to the guy who designed it, to listen to the God who made sex up in the first place, we discover there's something way, way, way more profound, way, way, way more fulfilling, way, way, way more exciting that can happen between a man and a woman if we follow God's prescription. And today we're going to talk about this topic of lust and pornography. Here's my guess. My guess is, is that in most of our lives, nobody has ever really sat down and had this conversation with us and said, hey, look, uh, here's what you do with lust. Here's how you respond to that moment in your life when you're beginning to feel overwhelmed, when you're getting ready to think about doing something that you probably shouldn't do in that moment. What do you do? My guess is most of us have never had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation about pornography. Most of the time, our dads or our moms didn't sit us down and say, hey, let, let me help you navigate pornography in your lives. And guys, think about this. This generation is absolutely under attack when it comes to pornography. If you roll uh, time back, you realize that we didn't even have photographs until about 200 years ago. And even with the invention of the camera, pornography, per se, was not readily available. It's really about 1953 with the issuing of the first Playboy that suddenly pornography begins to move mainstream in American culture. But guys, the thing that deltas this up, that changes this conversation in radical ways is the internet. And suddenly, images that have never been available before and volumes of images are literally epidemic within our culture. Our children are seeing things that we never saw. And somewhere we've got to figure out as Christ followers, how do we live in a culture that is absolutely overwhelmed and inundated with all of these visual images and how do you and I live that moment well within our lives? It's a big conversation. Now here's the deal. I guarantee you there are some of us right now and you're squirming in your seat a little bit because you're going, I'm not sure I want to deal with this in my life because you know what the real, I'm, I'm pretty content with my level of lust. I, I'm pretty happy with kind of where I am. And here's what you need to get, and here you need to understand this in the conversation. There is a difference between sexual desire and lust. They are not the same thing. And you need to know that God is absolutely in favor of sexual desire. Matter of fact, the series is called, ready, Sex Drive. And God is complete. Matter of fact, you need to know that when God created you in your humanness, he gave each of us a sex drive. And God is perfectly fine with that. Matter of fact, God would applaud it and say, hey, woo drive away. But what he also says is you've got to be careful about lust. And the difference between, you ready, passion and desire and lust is always context. Let me say that again. The difference between sexual passion and desire and lust is always context. Let, let me see if I can help us with this. H how many people here like fireplaces or fire pits? You just, you just kind of think that's pretty cool. 
Okay, some of you are going, should I raise my hand? Is this a trick question? Fireplace, sinful, I don't think so. Okay, I'll raise my I'm a fireplace guy. Every house that I own has to have a fireplace. I'm the guy who cannot wait till it cools off in Arizona to about 80 degrees. Because then I can crank down my air conditioner and I can turn on my fireplace. It probably comes out of my childhood because part of my job as a kid was always to monitor the fireplace. We would go up to our family's cabin up in Payson, and when you'd get there, it'd be crisp and chilly in the air, and they would assign me, because I was the oldest grandkid, to fire monitor. And so you would, you'd, you'd load in a couple logs, you'd get a big roaring fire going, and then the fire would always hit sap. And you know what happens when all of a sudden, and sparks would come flying out of the fireplace. It was my job as the oldest grandchild to locate the errant sparks and go put them out. Tend the fire, locate the sparks. This is exactly what God's conversation today is going to be. He's going to say, look, tend the fire. The fire in the fireplace is good. Think about this. Fire in the fireplace warms everybody. It creates light for the room. Fire in the right context is good stuff. You just have to take care of the air and sparks because, you ready? You let a spark fly out of the fireplace, leave it unattended, allow it to go its natural path. That spark will turn into a flame. It will burn down the house. There will be destruction, destruction, destruction. This is the conversation that God's going to have with you and me today on the difference between sexual desire and lust. He's going to say, tend the fireplace. And here's the thing you just need to know. God's going to say, look, sexual desire is so cool. Matter of fact, within the context of marriage, if you want to build a bonfire in the fireplace, go for it. Now, this is going to freak your kids out a little bit, but go for it. Just go for it. But what you can't have, what you have to be desperately careful of, are the errant sparks that come out. Because they, they are lust. Sexual desire out of context is lust. And lust, lust left to itself, lust left unattended, has the capacity to bring deep destruction to your life. Let me see if I can help you with how this works. A while back, I'm, I'm walking through Home Depot. And Home Depot is a guy's kind of place, right? I mean, Home Depot, you can get splinters in Home Depot. Home Depot has bags of cement. Home Depot, you can buy tools and cut off your arm. It's a guy's kind of place. And so I'm walking through Home Depot, feeling completely safe. And as I start down this aisle, coming toward me is an Angelina Jolie lookalike. And can I, can I just, all of her assets were on display. It's just, it's just, that's where we'll leave it. And so I, she's coming toward me. I'm going this way. And, and first thing goes through my mind is no place sacred anymore. <laughs> Sanctuary. So she's coming this way. I'm, I'm heading this way. I, I look up and down the aisle. And I realized there's nobody from church watching. 
And guys, 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 guys. You get, in, the, in that moment, sparks were trying to get out of the fireplace. And guys, can I just say this out loud? I'm a guy. I'm a guy as much as any of the guys in this room are a guy. This is, this is as hard for me as it is hard for you. And I have to consciously make the decision on what to do with my sparks as deeply and as profoundly as you do. And I'm telling you, I have every bit of capacity to go somewhere just as dark as you if I don't manage the sparks. So she's coming this way, I'm heading this way, and I've got a choice to make. I've got to decide what to do in this moment because I can either turn and admire God's creation, <laughs> and he was a good creator, or I can decide to manage the spark. I can keep going straight, and I can push delete. Because I have every bit of capacity, just like you do, to undress, to imagine, to fantasize. And what you do with the spark, that, that moment of sexual desire that seeks to leap out of the fire, is critical in your life. It will change your life. It will destroy your life if you don't put it out. So let's grab our Bibles because Jesus talks about this very topic for you and me. It's Matthew chapter 5. If you're not familiar with your Bibles, go to the back and work to the left, and you'll find this book of Matthew. It's the first book of what we call the New Testament. Here's what many of us do when it comes to this topic of lust and pornography, is we say to ourselves, look, 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 it's only imaginary. It's only in my mind, and therefore it's a victimless crime, and, and therefore it, do, it doesn't really matter because I haven't acted out on anything. I've only fantasized about things, so what's the big deal? I mean, it's only human, right? And Jesus is going to come back and say, it's a big deal. It's a big deal what you do with that spark. That sexual desire in the right context will warm your life, will bless your life, and sparks outside, lust unattended, has every capacity to destroy. Matter of fact, here's what Jesus is gonna say in this passage. It has the capacity to destroy the two most important relationships in your life. Here we go, it's Matthew chapter five. This is Jesus talking. Some of you who've been in church for a while, you're probably familiar with part of this passage. What you and I don't do is read the next few verses afterwards. So here we go. It's Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 27. Jesus talking about this topic of lust. Here we go. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, this is Jesus talking, anyone who looks at a woman, next word, lustfully. Hey, guys, guys, guys. This passage is not about adultery. This passage is about lust. Anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And you get the first hint, and he says, look, look. You realize relationship number one that will be affected if you allow lust to go rampant, if you don't put that out in the proper moment, it's your relationship with your spouse. 
This will affect your relationship with your spouse. And then he goes on. If your right eye causes you to sin, sin is any time I do something that wounds my relationship with God, causes distance in my walk with God, and so now you got relationship number two. Not only do I do something that alienates and causes distance with my spouse, but this is going to wound and hurt my relationship with God. The two most important relationships in my life are deeply, deeply, deeply affected by lust and pornography. Sparks of sexual desire left unattended or allowed to go rampant in my life. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for the whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for you to lose the whole body and go into hell. Now, that's the part of the passage we don't read a lot because it's kind of scary. You're going, well, Lynn, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're telling me if my eye causes me to lust, I should gouge that puppy out? I mean, think about that. If that were true, we'd be walking around with a lot of blind Christians. <laughs> right? Jesus is not asking you and I to take this literally. He's trying to make a point. He's trying to say to you and say to me, hey, if your lust... If your lust is causing you to wound your relationship with your spouse, to wound your relationship with God, do whatever is necessary. Do whatever you have to do to get to the other side of this issue in your life. Cut off that hand. Cut off that. Do whatever it takes. I don't care how. To, do what it takes to make sure this topic doesn't have the opportunity to smolder turn into a flame, destroy your life. Jesus is saying, you ready? Jesus is saying, this is a big deal. We already said, lust, pornography, will affect your relationship with your spouse. Here's why. Because once you begin to indulge in pornography, you will always always compare your spouse to the images that you're seeing on screen, to the images that you're seeing in print. And your spouse will always suffer in comparison. I don't care. I don't care how beautiful they are right now. I don't care how wonderful they are right now. They will always suffer. Here's why. When you're on the internet, when you're looking at pornographic images or you're watching videos, it causes a certain level of arousal in your life. Certainly, that's the whole point of it, Right? But the moment that image isn't doing exactly what you want it to do or not looking the way you want to look, all you have to do is click next image, next video. And that particular video or that image gets you to a certain point of arousal. And when that's not working for, and that's not what, click, click. You and I, literally, when we indulge in pornography, have the opportunity to have a parade of people come through the bed of our mind. And here's the wonder of it. None of them needs anything from us. They come with no expectations. They come with no criticisms. They are simply there for our pleasure. Now bring your spouse. See, your spouse actually isn't perfect, doesn't meet your needs instantaneously in the moment that you want them to, takes a lot of work. And I'm just telling you, 
when you hold your spouse up to the fantasy images and behaviors that are part of pornography, your spouse will always lose the war. I have a friend. He spent years and years and years and years and years, he spent 30 years looking for a wife. And I sat him down one day and I said, look, what, what's the deal? You have dated unbelievably beautiful women. You've dated amazing women. Why have you never found one that was good enough? And here's what he said. When I was a young man, I dated this girl for three weeks, and she was perfect. She was amazing. I said, well, what happened? How come you didn't marry her? Well, uh, she ran off with another guy. She cheated on me, and uh, she married him. And I said, no, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. So you've spent the last year comparing every woman you dated to the three-week girl. Yeah. And none of them's been good enough. Yeah. Didn't she cheat on you? Yeah. And here's what I said to my friend. Here's your problem. The three-week girl doesn't exist. See, that three weeks that you experienced with her that felt so perfect and felt so amazing, that girl, if you would have stayed in relationship with her longer, you would have figured out she's got bad breath. You would have figured out that her armpits stink when she sweats. That's what you would have figured out. But because you were in that relationship so short, because you only got to see teeny little things, you don't realize the three-week girl isn't even the three-week girl. So now every real woman in the world fails in comparison to her. You realize what pornography does. There is nobody like the people you and I see in pornography. Despite the airbrushes, despite the fact that they're being paid to behave a certain way for the 30 minutes that they're on camera, there is nobody like that person. And now you bring that into the thoughts of your life. And I'm telling you, every real person in the world, including your spouse, will suffer in comparison. And if you don't think I'm right, think about this for a second. Think about every porn star you know. Tell me that they're living amazing relationships. Tell me that Jenna Jameson has a great marriage. Tell me that Tracy Lords has the type of relationship you wish you had with somebody else. Tell me that Ron Jeremy probably one of the biggest producers of all of porn. Tell me that when you look in Ron Jeremy's eyes, you say, man, that guy, that guy looks full of hope and happiness. Because here's the answer. Those people, those images you see, those people aren't those people. It's what they're pretending long enough for you to pay. And you will end up, you ready for this? You will end up resenting your real spouse. Because your real spouse, they do have bad breath in the morning. And your real spouse takes work. And your real spouse has bad days. And your real spouse doesn't enter in instantly fulfill all of your needs with no expectation. And you will create an emotional distance. You will not be able to distinguish and say, hey, that's, that's just pretend and this is real. That's why Jesus said, when you look lustfully, you realize you have violated the relationship with your spouse. You've committed adultery in your heart already. Second relationship. 
This will deeply affect your relationship with God. It has to. It has to. Think about this. Just, just think about this for a minute. You have never met somebody who is deeply involved in pornography who is also deeply spiritual. Let me just say that again. Think, think, see if you can think of one name of one person who is deeply involved in pornography but is also deeply spiritual. That you would say, look, you know, I know, that, I know they struggle with pornography, but every other part of their Christian life is just amazing, and I would love to be like them in every other part of their Christian life except for that one. You don't know a single person who's deeply involved in pornography who is also deeply spiritual, which isn't this interesting because think about this. You know people who have other sins in their lives, other shortcomings, other faults, and you'd say, you know, except for that, they really are a pretty legitimate and pretty amazing Christian except for this one thing. But you've never met anybody who was deeply involved in pornography, who was also deeply spiritual. Why? Why? Because, 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 you ready? No other sin is like it. Because this sin, this sin is against our very personhood. Remember, remember we talked to them about this. When you come to God, when you try to connect with God, how do we connect? Soulishly. Right? We don't connect. We connect soulishly. And remember, we've had this conversation earlier in the series. Our souls, ready? Our souls come to God sticky. It's the way he designed us. But when you take your soul and when you attach it to computer screens and when you attach it to magazines and when you go on the internet and you look at all sorts of sites, and your soul has that exposure, it becomes less tacky. Which means simply this. If you're involved in pornography, I, I can tell you right now, you're struggling. <laughs> because you'll come into church and you'll be as sincere as all, you'll, you'll be going, look, I really do, you know, I, I know I've got this other part of my life, but I want to connect with God. I really want to experience God. And you'll come into this place with absolute sincerity, absolute desire to be legitimate in all the other parts of your Christian life, and you'll be incapable. Why? Because God connects to us soulishly. And you lose, <laughs> you amend you change your capacity to connect soulishly with your heavenly Father. You will sit in services and you'll say, God, where are you? I'm here. Come meet with me. Come talk to me. And all you'll hear is silence. Because your soul is no longer responsive. And you'll watch the rest of us. You'll watch us and you'll go, what, what are you doing? I'm here trying to meet with God and you act like something's really happening. You act like you're really having a connection. And here's, you ready? You'll say to yourselves, you must be faking it. I'm not experiencing anything. You must not be experiencing anything. Do that long enough, you won't be at church anymore. You'll decide that we're all hypocrites and we're all pretending. And you know what the reality is? The entire time God was screaming your name. He was saying, Jeff, I'm right here. Alice, meet with me. 
and you couldn't hear Here's what we do. We, we try to manage the stuff. See, we, we go, look, look, here's the deal. I'm only going to let so much out of the fireplace. I'm, I'm only going to let so many sparks fly. I'm going to draw some lines in the sand. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to keep this thing under control in my life. And, and so there's only so, so far I'll go. There's only certain websites I'll look at. There's only certain, I mean, I'll look at this magazine, but I won't look at that one because that one's pretty hardcore. You and I will try to manage this. And here's what you need to hear me say. Nobody, nobody has ever successfully managed lust. You will always lose that battle. 100% of the time. Because sparks left unattended always turn to flame. Matter of fact, grab your Bibles real quick. It's Ephesians chapter 4. It's going to be to the right in your Bible if your Bible is still open. If it's not, if you close it, go to the back of your Bible, work to the left. If it's on your cell phone, it's E-P-H. Ephesians chapter 4. It's verse 17. Here's what it says. So I tell you this and insist... Look, this isn't up for debate. This isn't optional. This is not a discussion point. This is a big deal. There's only one right answer. I absolutely insist that you get this right. So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live like the Gentiles do. It's an interesting phrase, but it simply means this. You and I can't live like people who don't know God live. You and I can't keep dealing with this topic of lust and pornography the way your neighbors deal with this topic. You and I can't do this the way that the rest of our culture does this. Because if we do, we're going to set ourselves up for the same heartache, the same regret, the same disappointments, and they're not trying to connect with God. You and I can't live like the rest of the world lives on this topic. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them due to the next phrase, ready? Hardening of their hearts. He's saying, you realize the path they've chosen, what they're doing is changing their hearts. They're becoming hard to their heavenly father. Having lost all sensitivity, sound familiar? They have given themselves over in sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Because, 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 you ready for this? Because lust is never satisfied. Lust, lust will always escalate. I, I will make you a bet. Anybody in this room who's been dealing with, watching, involving their lives in pornography for at least 12 months, here's my bet. I will bet you that today you're looking at stuff 
that you promised yourself when you started looking at pornography a year ago, you said, I'll never look at that. You've escalated. See, when you started 12 months ago, you said, no, 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 no. I'm going to manage this. I'm going to stay in control of it. And I know it's probably not what I ought to be doing, but I won't cross this line. And, and you took and you wrote a little line in the sand and you said, that's as far as I'll go with this. And some of you started with bathing suit calendars. Some of you started with lingerie and now you're whoa, 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 whoa. Some of us started with soft core porn and now suddenly it's getting much more core porn. How do I know that? Because lust always escalates. Because here's what happens. That image, that thing that I looked at, loses its capacity to excite. The first time I saw it, when it was new, when it was fresh, man, it elicited a response in me. It did exactly the adrenaline got going. But now, but now it appears common. And it doesn't give the same rush that it did. And in order to simply, ready? In order to simply get the same effect, I have to see something stronger. It's exactly the same scenario that happens with you and I with drugs. You have to go further to get the same rush. I guarantee you, there are people in this room right now, and if you were honest, you say, Lynn, I find myself looking at things that when I first started dabbling in pornography, I actually would unclick that image if it came up because it was just repulsive to me, and now it's exciting. I'm looking at things that I told myself I would never look at. There are sexual acts being portrayed that, when, that I would have said I, that would never excite me to see someone do that, and now I find myself excited by it. Because, 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 you ready? Because lust always escalates. You cannot manage lust. It's like managing the fire in your living room outside the fireplace. Here's what's going to happen. I can just tell you right now. Some of us, some of us are going to hear this conversation. You're going you're gonna to say, Lynn, look, I'm just not ready to deal with this yet. I, you know, maybe when I'm 90 years old and these pictures no longer excite me, then maybe I'll give up my porn, you know. I'm just not going to deal with it now. I, I, I hear your warnings, but I think you're overreacting, Lynn, and, and, and I, 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 can, I, can, I can keep this under control. And you're going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted to walk out of this room still managing your lust, still letting sparks come out of the fireplace. What would you say to a friend what would you say to someone you really cared about who was trying to manage destruction in their lives? What if you had a friend who said, hey, I'm, I'm just sick and tired of gas prices. I think there's some big collusion going on between big government and OPEC. I think they're just driving the prices up. Somebody's making a ton of money. I refuse to be part of it anymore. I'm going to find a cheaper source of fuel for my car. And here's what my alternative is. Here's what I came up with. I can't think of anything cheaper than dirt. Dirt is free. So I'm planning the next time my car needs fuel, I'm going to put dirt in instead of that old OPEC gas. 
And so sure enough, they're driving down the road in their car, needle goes down toward empty, they pull over to the side of the road, they get a shovel, they fill up a pail, and they fill it up with some dirt. They go to their car, open up the fuel tank, pour dirt in the fuel tank of their car. When they get done, they walk around all proud because they go, all my fuel gauges read full. What would you say to your friend after you called him an idiot? You'd go, wait, wait, this is the stupidest thing I think I've ever heard. You realize your car was never designed for dirt to go into the most intricate, intimate parts of that car. Do you realize in an effort to save money, you're costing yourself tons more money in repairs? Do you realize the very thing you gave to fuel your car is what's going to destroy your car? Isn't that what you'd say to a friend? It's exactly what Jesus is saying to us about pornography and about lust unattended. That the very thing that you're pouring into your heart and your soul, your heart and your soul were never intended to run on that. The very thing you're doing thinking that you're bringing fulfillment to your life is the very thing that's bringing destruction to your life. Please tell me, please tell me, please tell me. You've got a better plan leaving this place than to leave here and try to manage pornography and lust. Here's what you need to hear me say. There is hope on this topic. There is. There's hope, there's hope, there's hope. As long as you keep sexual desire in the fireplace where it belongs between a husband and a wife and then, man, build it big. But you need to know, you're not going to get there. You're not going to recover this, taking baby steps. I've counseled, I've counseled scores and scores of people who said, Lynn, I tried, I tried to, you know, just move it. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to look at that. I'm, I'm going to move it over here. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get on my computer after a certain time at night. And, and they put minor safeguards in their lives. And I'm just going to tell you, every time you blow past, because, because... This isn't a little deal, and when lust invades our hearts, it's not an easy moment. And you and I have got to take a big step in this conversation to say, I'm going to make it really, really hard for the sparks to get out of the fireplace. I'm going to make it really, really hard in the deepest moments of my lust to fail. So I'm going to ask you to consider doing something big. I'm going to ask you to consider saying to God, from this day forward, I choose to live in sexual purity. I choose that none of that is going to have any part in my life. Let, let, let me give you some practical things, okay? Because I don't want you just to say don't and then not help you. So let me give you some practical things that you can do. When you leave this place, there's a website called X Church xxxchurch.com. I know it sounds weird. It's actually a Christian website. When you go there, there's a, there's a software that you can download on your computer and on your iPad and on your iPhone. 
And every single time you go to an improper website, you go to, you put in, you Google a word you shouldn't Google, it sends a notice to one of your friends. Here's what I'm thinking. You should have it sent to somebody that it would be highly embarrassing if they got it. Like your mom. I don't know about, that would slow me down. Okay? XXXChurch.com. I'm going to suggest that you go home today and put a lock on your pay-per-view. And that you don't know the code. That there's someone in your family who knows the code who does not struggle with this part of their lives. So that you can't have that access. And guys, I'm just saying, you go home today and you say to your wife or you say, hey, I want you to put a lock on this. And I want you to, You're not saying because I'm watching this every week. That's not what you're saying. You're saying because I've made a commitment in my life that it's not going to be part in my future. I'm putting safeguards in today so that if I am tempted, it'll be really, really hard to go there. I think you ought to cancel your premium channels. Premium is code for porn late at night. And I'm just going to tell you as your pastor, I don't have premium channels on my TV set. You know why I don't? Because there'll be some night when I'm really, really tired and I'm not thinking very, very well and I'll watch something I shouldn't watch. And I want it to be really, really hard for me to hurt the heart of my Lord. And so I don't have premium channels on my TV and I don't think you should either. Because it ought to be really, really hard for you to access that stuff. We've got some Bible studies. If you're struggling right now, this has been a part of your life and you're trying to get out of it, we've got some Bible studies. We've got a Bible study called Valiant Men. It's other men who have struggled with this very area of their life. We've got Bible studies for women. And you could mark on your card as we get ready to hand in the offering plate and just say, I need one of those studies. I need to be part of it. And then here's the last one. In uh, today, you should have received a card. It's got a verse on it. And the verse simply says something along this line, I will walk blamelessly in my house and I will not let my eyes see the deeds of evil men. And I'm going to challenge you to take one of those cards. We've got more at the exit. You can pick them up. Tape it on your TV set. Tape it on your computer. So that in that moment, you start to sit down or you're flipping through the channels and there's that card reminding you that that's probably not what you want to be looking at. It's probably not what you want to be seeing right now. Because you're going to walk blamelessly in your own house. Tell you what, let's pray. I'm going to ask everybody to stand with me because I really believe this is a moment of commitment in our lives. I'm, I'm going to ask you to go away from this place and live this topic of lust differently than you lived it up until now. I'm going to be asked this be the day we put a line in the sand. Let's pray. Hey, dear Lord Jesus, God, we're just going to tell you we need some help with this. We live in a culture that probably is more under attack, has more lustful images, has more availability of stuff that just drives into our hearts than any other generation in the history of the world. And we're trying to navigate this well. And so God, we're just going to say out loud, we need some help and we need some strength and we need some courage. And so God, please help us to put into place safeguards in our life that make it really, really hard to leave the spark unattended. God, help us. 
In Jesus' precious name, amen.